One would wonder why we're not encouraged to be aware of our mental health all year, every year, just as we are for our physical health. When I first started to realize that I was having some issues that I didn't believe other people were having, I needed to start addressing them. Hi, folks. Thanks for tuning into the Food Startups Podcast. I am your host, Hema Reddy. On this show, we talk about some incredible journeys, the hurdles, the breakthroughs, the failures, and successes that shape the present and future of the food and beverage industry. So stick around for some exciting and insightful conversation. Hello and welcome everybody to the Food Startups Podcast. You guys, this is another co-hosted interview with Jeremy Smith. Jeremy is the founder and CEO of Launchpad. I have to share with you all that this episode was entirely his idea. How are you doing, Jeremy? Are you looking forward to this discussion? Very much so. So this is a, a topic that I feel like the industry overall in whether it's food, which I'm in and some of our guests are in, or it's outside of our own industry is a topic we rarely talk about. So I'm really excited that we've been able to get the group that's going to be speaking today with us and uh, very happy that you decided to go ahead and do this. So now let's introduce our guests. Mark Samuel, founder and CEO of Ivan Organics. Hugh Thomas, co-founder and CEO of Ugly Drinks. Thank you both for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, guys. Thank you. The topic of mental health, chronic depression, is increasingly making its rounds these days. And that's a good thing. Sometimes identifying a problem is half the issue. And once you know what the problem is, you can seek to find solutions to it. To add some subjectivity to the topic, everyone here is a business owner, right? And entrepreneur, and that can be a lonely job. If you think about what the journey throws at you, the pressure and the challenges of the job, they can take a toll. One would wonder why we're not encouraged to be aware of our mental health all year, every year, just as we are for our physical health. Given what we know about the effects of anxiety and depression on our bodies and immune system, this question is only vital. So Jeremy, why don't you kick things off, given this topic is close to you, based on the conversation you and I had? Thank you. So for me, I grew up in a family where my mom was in the concert business, and I don't know that she was bipolar, but she definitely was manic. And so when I became an adult, I had to watch to make sure that I didn't develop some of those characteristics that she had. And one of the things that I always noticed about it was that during the day and the evening when she was with the rock bands, they all adored her and everything was great. But then when we got back home, there was a whole nother side to her with depression that was really rough, especially being a teenager and seeing your mom go through this. When I transitioned later in life into the business world, I wound up seeing similar things with executives and the ability for people that suffer depression, and I've had my own issues with it myself, to hide it is incredible. And I think that's why when somebody like Chris Cornell from Audio Slave and Soundgarden and Anthony Bourdain took their lives, it was so shocking because no one saw it. And I've lost three close friends in the business world to suicide, one of which on paper, never showed any signs of depression whatsoever when I was with him and at meetings. 
and then one day went into the garage and turned on the car engine, shut the door and killed himself. And he was around 34 years old. He was the number one salesman at the corporation he was at. And that just blew me away. And as life has gone on, I've seen this happen all too much. In my personal situation, when we sold our company in 2014 to Advantage Sales and Marketing, I really had a tough time with the aftermath of the sale of the company because our cultures were just so different. And the person that we were reporting to was a total prick and really did not care at all about our company, which was level one marketing, didn't care about our culture. And I had spent a good 10 years with my brother building the company and I loved what I did. And I became incredibly depressed six months into this where everything that they wanted us to do was shot down and they constantly were riding me, which really got to the boiling point where I went away for a weekend with my family around the holidays. And my wife, who's a very strong woman, thankfully, just said, hey, you've got to talk to somebody. And I called a very good friend of mine in the industry. And he shared a story with me about when he sold his firm and the exact same thing happened to him. And he got depressed and he felt like, you know, he had sold his baby and now the new team didn't want to have anything to do with him. And having that person to go to was incredibly helpful for me because it enabled me to get rebalanced, come back and deal with the issues I had. But I was very, very distraught. And I was used to working with my brother and a whole team that we had. And now we were part of a 40,000 person organization. And it was very impersonal. We never met the CEO or president of the company. All they did was Skype with us once in a while. And so it became, I went from a very open and creative environment into a stifling, regressive environment. And that really was the first time where I had to deal with some real darkness. But fortunately, due to the lessons that I learned when I was younger, working with my mom and living with my mom, I had things in place to help me deal with the situation. Well, part of it was an old girlfriend of mine who was very helpful in noticing that I could be really up and then very down, suggested I go see this Buddhist therapist, which I thought was a bunch of hogwash, actually, and experiment with deep therapy, actually hypnotherapy, and it completely changed my life and gave me a much more optimistic outlook. But it also caused me to realize that I had to put in place some things in order to make sure that when I'm by myself and I start to get a little dark, that I counteract that with something to distract me, to get me back on track. And she was, this therapist was able to give me the tools to do this. I also expanded my network of people that wouldn't come on this podcast to talk about it, but they too deal with it from time to time because we're under a tremendous amount of pressure. Anyone who's a high level executive, it can be lonely. I mean, you spend all of your day telling people how great things are going, but you know at night sometimes what's really going on. And sometimes it can be really, really harsh. And 
it's very important. And this is the other thing I learned is to make time for yourself to focus on being present and doing that along with a strong exercise program have been very instrumental in helping me balance my life so that I have less of the dips that I previously was having. Mark, let me turn to you for your thoughts as this topic did pick your interest and you wanted to be part of this podcast and conversation. Sure. Jeremy, that was great, by the way, especially that tail end stuff, because what you're hitting on about the, you know, going in there so positive, being optimistic as a, I mean, we talk high level executives, but this really can speak for anybody, right? But specifically somebody who does have to constantly tell a story and that story does need to be exciting, right? There's the days and nights where things are not good. And a lot of people will understand this if they're in it when I say there's probably more of those than the good times, especially depending on your specific scenario when it comes to business, right? If you really are a true founder or somebody at the high level who's starting with very little, you know, didn't necessarily raise this gigantic amount of money where you have this long runway and things are comfortable. You know, when there's pressure, it creates things at home that are sometimes unbearable. So for me, I saw Jeremy's post about it and I had a little bit of conflict about whether or not I wanted to, you know, approach it or be involved. And the reality is, Today in my life, at least where I am, I'm much more interested in helping others. And so that could affect certain things in other ways of my life or my business. But that takes, again, a backseat to me wanting to be able to be somebody that can be leaned on for, in this particular case, if they have something to talk about or they feel as though they want to share something that they couldn't with other people. And this is something that I've dealt with. I've dealt with what most would call, you know maybe depression or anxiety. I've been dealing with this for probably my whole life, but over my 20-year career, it's become a lot more apparent. My childhood, what I'm now looking back is I lost my dad when I was very young. And, you know, it's the story that most or hopefully most would have, which is he was my coach, he was my best friend. And so I think later on in life, at least when I first started to realize that I was having some issues that I didn't believe other people were having, I needed to start addressing them. And one of them actually did happen at one of my first companies that I had founded early in my career. I was in my early 20s and I was standing up in front of our entire staff. I mean, there was 70 people sitting down listening to me have what most called was our parcels talk. It was like a big sales talk. And I had a full-blown panic attack. I thought I was going to completely faint. It was the first time I realized that something was going on with me that needed to be addressed. And, you know, now it's 17 years later, and I can say that I have found a lot more resolve with it. And those are definitely predicated on my disciplines that I have placed into my lifestyle, being health and fitness and the way that I, you know, train and work out, you know, five to six days a week and also my eating habits. You know, I'm very into balanced meals and eating a healthy way. And so there's just those things that I have placed into my life that have gotten me to where I'm at now. Again, I still deal with certain things that are around that sort of topic, but I think I can help people. And that's why I came on this. I think that I can really help and I hope to be able to help people 
who may be dealing with this or deal with this on, on an everyday occurrence. Now, for the listeners, share a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and Ivan Organics. Sure. Yeah, Iwin Organics, which is uh, I'm winning on nutrition as a snack brand. We create organic protein snacks that are made from real foods like peas, beans, and brown rice. So it's all a real balanced nutritional profile, which again is very closely related to not only how I eat, but it's something that I truly believe should be instituted in anybody who's dealing with mental health issues. But going back, I've been in what most would call an entrepreneur for my entire life. I've done nothing but work for myself. And I've had many different companies in different industries. But the last few companies that I have founded have been in health and fitness. I am a what you would consider a true 100% all in health and fitness enthusiast. And I'm lucky because I believe that that has saved me in many ways, my entire adult life. And so, you know, again, there's sort of the the recap is I've, I've been involved with many different companies that I have founded. I've had every single high and absolutely every single low that you can imagine. And again, this will probably speak to, and I hope it speaks to a lot of people who don't necessarily want to be involved with the conversation, but they want to hear it and know that somebody totally gets it. You know, again, speaking for everybody on here, I'm assuming it is for all of us, but Really, for me, I've been on the up and down and the roller coaster of a journey, both with being a founder, as well as dealing with those issues that we're talking about today. As they say, the highs are great, but the lows are really low and a test of your grit. Oh, yeah. The lows are not only low just for those that are on an even keel, but I can assume, at least for everybody here, those that are listening who really have an understanding of what we're dealing with, they feel a lot lower than they may even be. So I truly believe there are ways that we can help that. For me, again, and I know Jeremy touched on it a bit when he talked about sort of a health or a fitness journey. I absolutely am 100% an advocate of health and fitness and eating habits to at least help on the topics that we're talking about. Hugh, welcome to the show again. Please share a little bit about Ugly and your perspective on mental health. Yeah, thanks. It's been great listening to Jeremy and Mark speak because it's a conversation that you don't hear too often. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to come on here. And it's one of the reasons when Jeremy posted on LinkedIn that I was so eager to respond to what he said. And I think Mark's maybe in the same boat. And it's just nice and comforting to hear people talk with such openness and honesty. And I think that is what we need to be doing more of as a community. And I personally see that as partly my responsibility now going forward, um, looking back at where I've come from as well, to kind of help other people open up about this as well. So it's great to hear them talk about it. Just, I guess, as a brief overview of what Ugly is, obviously has a very unique, memorable name, but Ugly was obviously created in the UK. I'm British. I now live in New York, which is part of my story. But myself and my co-founder, Joe, wanted to create a sugar and sweetener-free carbonated soft drink. We created a flavored sparkling water. We wanted to, guess, tackle traditionally sugary and sweetened soda as happy, bright, kind of healthy-looking people in its marketing, but ultimately selling 40 grams of sugar in a dark brown syrupy liquid. And the reason I talk about this is it kind of touches on why I want to be so open about this is because our tagline and our brand is built around the ugly truth. So we want to push transparency forward in the soft drinks industry. We want to talk about the impact of sugar and sweetener, certainly in soda and carbonated soft drinks. And there'll be other subcategories we potentially take on in the future. But one of the things Joe, my co-founder and I have done since we started the business in our early 20s is kind of share openly online the ups and downs within reason. And I think it's another part of the business journey. So 
very early on in the business, we had some setbacks with production runs, with manufacturing issues, with a shelf life issue on our product that cost us six months of time. And we've shared all these things openly on LinkedIn, on social media. And it means that we have a group of people who follow our brand that have seen it go from my kitchen and my flat in London, my apartment, to now being a drinks company sold across the UK, across Europe, and also now launched in America. And it's not been easy. And we've tried to share some of those highs and lows. And I know the guys have reflected on what those highs and lows feel like. And I think for me, I'm kind of still right in the midst of my own journey and battle against, I guess, depression, anxiety. I guess the reason it's interesting to me, I actually turned 30 last Thursday. So just put my 20s behind me. Looking back at my 20s now, and it was very high paced, very fast paced. I thought I was pretty much indestructible the whole way through. I've always had prided myself on my work ethic and my ability to put in longer hours than other people and always be on. And certainly we launched Ugly, Joe and I, alongside working in our previous job. So I was working before and after work on this project whilst working at a startup at the same time too. So seven, eight years of my 20s, I was full throttle working pretty much 24-7. My whole life revolved around those businesses and those brands that we were building. And then within the last kind of 12 to 18 months, the pressure continued to build. And we as a business decided to launch in America. And so I began taking late night phone calls. and My days got longer. I've since relocated to this country. So my support network as an entrepreneur it's kind of five hours time zone away and also 5,000 kilometers away. There's, I've added in more conference calls in the morning, more different things in the evening. And I just think over time that has taken its toll. And I think the last 10 years has. And I think one of the interesting things that I think Jeremy and Mark both reflected on is that you don't see this coming. It's not like you can step on the scale and see gaining or you can look in the mirror and see a physical change. I think for me, I, I didn't really see this coming. Some of my friends to, to highlight it to me that I was down, depressed. I didn't seem kind of how I used to be. But also, I was beginning to really experience things like anxiety and depression that I never thought I would ever experience. I'd never suffered with any of these challenges before. And things that didn't used to affect me, like caffeine or food or alcohol or lack of sleep, really began to affect me the following day I had. And so kind of about six to 12 months ago now, um, really went through a tough stage. Certainly when I moved abroad, moved to the US just with one suitcase, <laughs> no company here. It was really tough. And I've had to go through a lot of this process on my own, really. And I've since sought kind of counseling and therapy. I've started meditating, which I'm seeing huge benefits from, and exercising a lot more. And one of the things I've also decided to do is kind of be more open about it and tell the ugly truth about this. And this isn't to say I don't think I can do my job or I'm not good at my job or don't want to continue doing it. I think for me, it's a recognition of seeking help has, has made this easier. I'm learning about burnout and depression and anxiety and what impacts those has helped me adjusting my diet helped me. Just having conversations about it has helped me. And, and I think if there are people listening to this, either looking at starting a business or in a job that is high stress, that the first step has to be conversation and talking about it openly. That's the only way you can get the right help or get the right feedback that might help you either adjust the path you're going down or, or make the path you're going down easier. And so when Jeremy posted his post, that's kind of why I engaged with it, because he was so open and so honest in what he was saying. I and mean, he wasn't saying, I'm quitting, I can't do this, I can't do that. He was just being open and making it acceptable for people to talk about these challenges. And I think everybody faces them in all walks of life. But certainly for me, kind of 
this was a silent buildup over 10 years that kind of all came at once. And it was really triggered by my move, move to a foreign country. And then it's opened up so many different areas for me. And I just think my responsibility now as a young entrepreneur who started a business and a business growing and when you look at our social media and my personal social media which I have to have have in some ways have to manage you might not necessarily understand the challenges and I just it's my responsibility to talk about it more to to other people feel comfortable about talking about it too so that's kind of my perspective on it. I think the other thing is that I'm older than all of you so I have the advantage of seeing things a little bit differently in that I think one of the challenges that we face as a society is the job has become more important than our family. And one of the things that I have learned is that when you love your job with the same emotion and passion that you have for your family, you are headed down a path of non-fulfillment because we were never meant to love our jobs. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. But what happens is you get so tied into that, what you're creating at work, and it becomes so intense. And then factor that in to social media. When I was much younger, people couldn't call me at home. My boss never called me at home to have a four-hour discussion. Now, people no longer have vacations because they're still connected to their emails and their devices. And that, with the fact that we don't have mental health now, we spend less on mental health now than we ever have. And this orange-headed freak that's in the White House is doing everything possible to cut these type of social benefits to better people. And in my entire life, I've never disliked a president until this guy. And I talk to a lot of clients who are scared. I think between that and the social media where you have to be so careful what you say now because there are people online that are just waiting to find fault with what you're doing, that we become such a divided society that that feeds anger, it feeds depression, it feeds negativity. And I grew up in an era, I was just talking about this with an executive yesterday, where the Apollo mission was one of the biggest things that ever happened in my lifetime. The president said, we're going to the moon, and we went to the moon, and everyone believed in what we were doing. Now today, if somebody came with an Apollo mission to pull the country together, to do something really spectacular for everyone, you'd have groups divide up into camps and say, oh, no, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do this. And so we don't have the support and we're having the breaking down of families and this misguided social media agendas that are feeding the depression. And it's why I was looking at the statistics last night. I think over the last 10 years, suicide is up 37%. And we are reaching the breaking point in a society where people are too busy. They're in love with their phones and taking pictures of themselves and reality TV. And it's very unhealthy. And so part of my role getting back to the business for just a sec, is when I consult or I'm on a board of a company, I watch out for that executive team and I measure their mental health often because 
especially younger CEOs that have the pressure of fundraising on top of them. It's almost like that's a whole nother level of pressure because not only do they have to be successful to the core group internally, but now they also have to fundraise. Now they have to please not just the consumer and the people that work with them. And in NOSH, you read about all these people who are getting funded. Most people aren't getting funded at those rates. And so then CEOs feel like I'm failing. What am I doing wrong? So hopefully this podcast will lead to a lot more discussions because I believe the more we talk about this, the stronger we all will be. In your opinion, what are some of the resources, books, forums, podcasts that one could benefit from that touch upon the issue of mental health and how to keep a grip on it? I might have an interesting comment to that. I don't know if there are any. I think for me, I listened, and especially when I got into food and beverage, this was my first foray into food and beverage when we had started I Want Organics. I, of course, usually just go all in. So I want to absorb as much information as possible, not just learning about manufacturing, but, you know, who's involved in the industry. I mean, my LinkedIn today, I mean, I would have never found Jeremy, right, if I wasn't in the business. But my LinkedIn today is now filled with food and beverage executives. And I have some relationships that I've started with some, and then there's others that I kind of just follow. But at the end of the day, I don't believe, this is just me, I don't believe there's a lot of podcasts out there or a lot of information at the high level that really relates to me. I think it's all the same stuff going on. I can't speak for Hugh and how he's built his, but you know his story seems similar to mine where you know you're building a brand from the ground up. You're doing all the heavy lifting But the reality is the podcasts continue to bring on people, at least the ones that I know, that are either already successful or they came from success. And that's not really relatable for those that are digging deep and really starting from the bottom, you know, putting together a little bit of money. It could be from friends and family and really trying to figure things out the hard way. Again, I think I touched on it earlier. When somebody launches a new brand, you know, and they raise $5 million just on concept and they're thrown into a national launch at XYZ, it's really not relatable to the majority of those that are starting their company. I mean, we don't even need to be talking about food and beverage, right? I'm in the Bay Area, California. You can only imagine the stories that I'm privy to when it comes to Silicon Valley. And I have friends. I mean, I have friends who have brought companies public. They're not relatable to the masses. So the pressure for those guys and gals like me is a lot different. And so my, you know, again, a little long winded, but for me, I have not found a lot of podcasts or information out there that's truly relatable. It also pushes now talking specifically about the pressures, anxiety, depression. I think it puts more of that pressure on people like ourselves. And we find ourselves in those darker places because of it. Now, for me, because of the disciplines that I've implemented in my life, being solely around health and fitness and solely around how I eat, because I truly believe food is also the fuel that we need, not just physically, but mentally to help us. I think that we need to find other outlets out there, or we're just like myself, who's still just discovering and trying to figure out how to navigate this thing the best way that we can. Yes, Jeremy, I'll be real brief. 
So I did find a podcast that's helped me a lot. And I think it's the most real podcast that's out there. And that is Mark Marin's WTF. And the reason I like it, they're not covering the food industry, but it's the only podcast where an actor, a rock star, or somebody up and coming will go on and they'll talk about for an hour and 45 minutes, all of their failures and what kept them going. And so I lean on that podcast a lot because you're dealing with highly successful, in many cases, individuals. And when they share their experiences of their failures, like when he had Robin Williams on and Robin Williams was talking about how close he had come to killing himself at times, you're not going to see Robin Williams talk about that on David Letterman or on traditional media. But he has a way of bringing the discussion out in people. And I think it's very interesting and it's very helpful because just because it's outside of our industry doesn't mean it doesn't relate to what we do. And I highly recommend that podcast. So I don't know what Hugh's thoughts are. I mean, it's funny listening to you guys talk about the podcast in particular. I mean, I started out on the journey inspired by the podcast I was listening to and inspired by the startup success stories. And one of the first books I read that really clicked in the sense that when I was younger, knowing what an entrepreneur was or knowing that that's kind of what was wired inside me was Richard Branson's book. And so I've kind of always been inspired by these success stories and I've actually had to unsubscribe from a lot of these podcasts. I can't listen to a how I built this episode. And because once kind of you're off the ground, you realize that success is a word and what successful means is all relative. It's all positioned very financially, externally. But you realize that, I mean, even the world's richest man, Jeff Bezos, has had a hard 12 months, you know, and money doesn't solve all of your problems. And success should be more balanced. And the way it's spoken about should be more balanced. And the way failure is positioned and the way kind of ups and downs are positioned should be part of a wider conversation of what success looks like. And for me personally, when I was kind of 23, 24, setting out on this journey, had grand visions of becoming some sort of multimillionaire. And the the older I get, the less that idea appeals to me and the more happy, balanced, calm life where I'm physically healthy and the people around me enjoy my company and also healthy themselves is becomes more important. And I think I'm trying to adjust to that shift from being kind of a young 24-year-old starting the company to now running the company that that person started whilst also shifting kind of my personal goals and personal successes, having also raised money, raised institutional finance from people that we have committed to. So I'm committed to the vision for the business that a younger version of myself sold to them, which takes some getting around, but that is also my job as well. So that's been interesting. And I think things I found useful, certainly the apps Headspace and Calm have been great for me. And I've started meditating in the morning. And I think any podcasts now that are more balanced and talk about these things, certainly this is a podcast I would listen to if I wasn't on it. This is the conversation I want to hear. And this is what I think people either dreaming of being entrepreneurs should be aware of this and hopefully other people starting out on their entrepreneurial journeys can maybe take some of this advice early on and maybe start with healthier habits and at least be aware that when the going does get tough, there's people like the people on this podcast that they can reach out to and speak to about it and also advice out there that they can seek and and help that's available that people can get access to that will make the journey easier. That's kind of how I feel about it now. I want to just further that because those are some great points. And also seeing that we 
some of us even on here, we have a little bit of a different approach, which makes this even just more of a gem. I'm staring at, you know, do the kind thing, right? Like I'm a big fan of kind and all that, like the story, the theme, the guy. But I also didn't need or don't need the, I don't believe I need the inspiration stuff, right? I've been doing this now so long that I don't need to hear that story anymore. I've heard so many of them. I get out of bed just fine. And I, those that know me know that I'm all in all the time. But to the point about finding the happiness or the reasons why you're doing it, and also going back even to what Jeremy had noted before about family and kids, I'm actually a single dad with two young kids. And I'm extremely blessed in that I also saw a complete shift in my thinking. You know, the cliche is, of course, when you have your first kid, it was very real for me. And I can easily say that I don't chase and haven't for a while, but I don't chase the money. If anything, you know, I chase the success. Again, it's kind of cliche, but it's just reality for me. I can speak from the heart when I say that. I'm truly chasing the success of building something great, something memorable, leaving a real legacy, something behind. But the reality is I don't find happiness from the success at work. And I think this could be a real important piece here for those that are listening, especially those that are dealing with anxiety or depression, is when they find that very important part of what I'm about to say, which is there will never be a time at least at my belief, where is your career, your success in your business, your success with your career will relate to your happiness. I truly don't believe that. Specifically when you are dealing with what the topic of this is about. And it took me a very long time to stop chasing that. Again, I've been doing this now for a while where I've had the highs and the lows and I can remember the highs. And what I mean by the highs is having very successful years in business, it never related to how happy I was. My happiness now is what comes first. Finding the happiness in your life, in my case, my kids. My kids is the most important thing to me and far, far greater than my work. It will always be, and Jeremy had kind of touched on it before, it will always be. My work is totally second. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not important. It's very important because it's also who I am. But the reality is, if you can find and reach for the happiness in your life, even through what could be your anxiety and depression, of which you got to work on through disciplines, health and fitness and all the like, you will actually get a better result at work and with your career. It's totally relatable in that way, not the opposite. So I just wanted to throw that tidbit out because it's kind of important and something that I think is really, really important for those that are going to be listening to this. Thank you, Jeremy, Mark, and Hugh for sharing your perspectives, your some of your intimate moments and memories, and being vulnerable with our audience. As Brene Brown puts it, there is power in vulnerability. So I want to close this interview with one of her quotes. She says, wake up. Happiness is usually right in front of you. I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me if I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude. That quote from Brene Brown really spoke to me. When shit hits the fan, I ask myself, is this the worst that can happen? 
And most always, the answer is no. I remind myself of the things that matter the most to me, my family, and the magical hugs from the two little kiddos that uplift my heart and soul. That truly helps me find happiness in, in crisis situations. So I hope everyone found some value and meaning in this episode. If you have suggestions and ideas for future episodes, please do send them over to Hema at foodstartupspodcast.com. Thank you all for listening. Take care. If you found value in what you just heard, take a couple of minutes and subscribe to our channel. Even better, show us some love and leave a review on iTunes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Join the mailing list on our website so you can get notified of new episodes and learn how to build and grow your CPG business.